Welcome to the Boosted Volunteer Podcast. We share the stories of dedicated Booster Club volunteers and the tools and strategies they use to run successful booster clubs. We also have sought out experts on fundraising, volunteer management, and running nonprofits to share best practices. Hosted by Robin Eisler and Evan Eisler, you won't want to miss these great episodes that will help you run your booster club like a champ. Welcome to the Boosted Volunteer. Today we're talking with Matt Norman, the treasurer for Haines City Band Boosters. He's a second time around booster volunteer. He volunteered for his older son and now back again for his daughter. Welcome, Matt. Hey, thank you. Thanks for joining us today. I know that you, so you've been the treasurer, you're the treasurer now, you were part of the booster board before. Did you serve the same role both times? I did. My uh, When I was in it before, my wife was the president and I was the treasurer, as well, of course, as other leaders. And going into, again, now, my wife was elected as the president and me as the treasurer. My wife actually works at the school. So because she's an employee, she can't handle the money. Otherwise, the roles <laughs> might have been reversed because she is a little more financially minded than I am. Yeah, she's president and I'm the uh, treasurer. Got it. Very good. Well, I know what you do on the weekends and at night and in all your spare time, obviously, but what's your day job? What do you do during the day? I am a professor of nursing. So I teach nursing students, hopefully to become amazing nurses (laughs) someday. That's awesome. Have you had any of the kids that have come through the booster program in as students yet? Not yet. I do teach at a local university. So some of our students are local, but a lot of the students at the university I work with I work at come from other places, some even from outside of the United States. So I haven't had any um, local students that I knew come through yet. I've only been there a little over a year. Gotcha. I can see that happening in the future. Some of my band kids end up (laughs) my nursing students. I would bet that band kids make good nurses based on their dedication. (laughs) I I like to think that I did. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Perfect. There you go. You answered one of my questions. I always save that one for the end, but now we know. <laughs> well, tell me a little bit about Haines City Band Boosters. You know, what size? Obviously, it's a band. What's your annual budget? What interesting things that y- y'all do over there? Well, the booster program itself has been around since the mid 70s. With, I mean, Haines City, when, you, when I go to the state site and look up when it was first formed, it was in the mid 70s. And of course, kind of off and on leadership. Leadership changes every two, three, four years. Then something that kind of has come and gone as to how well it was managed, of course, as happens. So the band right now is, I believe, around 120 in our marching band, including the color guard. And budget, since I'm just taking over, I have no idea. (laughs) That's that's something I got to sit down and look in the records. And unfortunately, we... um, the previous treasurer, her life kind of fell apart after she after she took over, and I'm kind of picking up a bit of a mess, actually. Well, we see that a lot. Clubs are, are based on the volunteer, and as the volunteer's time dwindles and they don't have the time to dedicate, it makes an impact. And then it's another volunteer that's got to come in and put in the time and the work to get things back on track. It's a pretty common Well, and it happens. I mean, like I said, her life just kind of fell apart and I'm not at all angry with her, but it is kind of a mess that I've got to try and clean up this summer and get ready for the fall. But I care a lot about this program. I know we kind of hinted at it. I was in the band. I was in this band. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. My my wife and I both were in this same marching band that our son was in and that our daughter will be in in the fall. 
So I care a lot about this program. Very cool. That's awesome. So you get to see it from start to finish, both as coming through as a student and then coming out the other side as a parent. That's amazing. You don't see that so much anymore because people move around so much. You don't see people, kids go to the same school that their parents. That's very cool. How has it changed from when you were there to now? The band program, ironically, is about the same size as it was when I was there. The school is almost three times the size. Wow. Though maybe two and a half times. It was, it was about 1,200 students when I was there, and there were 3,000 at the start of this year. Wow. So, so yeah, it's, it's a big. much bigger school. When I was there, all of the students were from Haines City. But now we get a lot of them both bust in from a city about a half an hour away. Oh, wow. Which makes it really hard for programs like the band or even sports or any of these other extracurriculars because if they stay after school to participate in this stuff, they may not have a ride home. Interesting. You know, trying to get volunteers, those parents to come after a long day, then drive a half an hour to the high school to volunteer. And it's an added bit of uh, complexity that didn't exist when I was a student. That's a good point. Have you, of course, you're just taking back over now, but how do you manage that on the booster club side with the volunteers? Do you offer any incentives or make some special volunteer sessions for those folks? Honestly, in the past, we haven't managed it very well. Even when uh, my wife and I were in leadership before, we did our best, but we had a tendency, as I think a lot of us do, to jump more into the doing of what needed to be done than in the recruiting Honestly, I think that in doing that, we stole opportunities from other parents because I'm back in it and my wife because we genuinely enjoy doing it. It is a ton of work, (laughs) as you and anybody listening to this knows, but we genuinely love doing it. We love to be around the students. We just love the camaraderie with the other boosters, and we just love doing it. So going back into it now, my wife and I have already talked about it, even though we haven't officially taken over yet, that... We're going to put much more emphasis on connecting with the parents and finding out. I'm also, I do some freelance writing. So with the website through the Booster Hub, I'm going to be writing some articles talking about like the benefits to students of being part of this program, but also my own experiences as a booster and how I benefited from it. And hopefully that will help us to get more word out and to get more parents involved and be more intentional, getting on the phone and talking to people. You know, I think a lot of times when you have a lack of engagement, typically lack of volunteers, it's mostly that the people don't know, or they haven't been, as you just said, get on the phone, talking to welcomed into the community and not on purpose. Cause you feel like as the booster club leader, Hey, I've welcomed them, but you are also doing your list of a hundred other things. And right. building that community is, is so important. And then also, I think you touched on another, it's a great business strategy or, or philosophy is, is you have to focus on the strategy more than the execution, right? Because if you spend all your time in the weeds doing the job, then you miss some of the strategy. And it sounds like you're kind of going to go strategic this year and focus on a bigger goal to get those volunteers to come in and participate. Yeah, And not only does that ease the burden of everybody that's helping out, But then that's where your future leaders come from. It's those that are their kids, a freshman or sophomore, and they're helping out. Well, maybe that's the next president or vice president or treasurer or whatever other roles, leadership roles you have. So if we don't have those people there, then where do your new leaders come from? You know, you got no idea. You're in trouble. It's exactly my point. I always tell my team here at Booster Hub and in other places, 
you've done your job well when you duplicate yourself. That's <laughs> that's how you know you've done your job well, right? You're able to do that. So I know you've done a lot with the Booster Club. What sort of other volunteer organizations have you worked in in the past or currently? Well, I spent a number of years as a uh, children's pastor in addition to being a nurse. And so that helped a lot because I learned a lot about volunteer recruitment and leading volunteers and leadership in nursing. When I told people to do something, they had to do it because they were getting paid to do it. Right. But it's a totally different thing leading volunteers. So that experience helped me a lot. I've also worked in, uh, I mean, Haines City is my home. As I mentioned earlier, I graduated from this high school, met my wife at this high school. We're high school sweethearts and all that. <laughs> so any opportunity I had to serve in the community, I was part of a local group of pastors that serves a bunch of different projects around the community, stuff like that. It's important. You just said, you know, when you work, you just direct people. You don't have to inspire them or encourage them. They just do. So when you are volunteering, it's a different skill set to get those people to engage and be a leader, get them to follow you by inspiring them to do it. You touched on, so you've done some children's pastor work in the booster club and such. What, what's your why? What do you get out of it? Why do you give all your time? Well, a couple of things. I grew up in the 80s and early 90s, and my parents were very busy, and they were hardly ever at any of my events. They supported me as much as they could, but they were hardly ever there. And that meant an awful lot to me. And I struggled with that for a long time, and I'm not at all mad at them. I'm good with that now. I love my parents. They did, they're did. they awesome. But I made a decision a long time ago that I was going to be there. I'm going to be there until my kids look at me and say, Dad, do you really have to be here for everything? <laughs> then I'm going to be here for everything. So that's part of it because it allows me to, high school, your kids get so busy. And if you're not careful, there becomes this separation between us and them. And if I'm there while they're doing a lot of the busy stuff they're doing, then I still get to be part of it. And as a result, my son is 21 years old on his own. He still calls me daddy. <laughs> so that's part of my why. The other part is, as I mentioned earlier, I came through this program and there were some such real life lessons that I learned in that program. I think you can learn in a lot of extracurricular activities, but I do think that for me in band, that's where I learned them. So if I can help somebody learn, I mean, even something like compassion, because when I was in band, there were rich kids and there were poor kids, band kids, all different ethnicities, and, and none of that mattered. We were just band kids. Right. Leadership and just so much. So many great life skills there. I love how you said that they're rich kids and poor kids, but they were all band kids, right? That's very cool. How has your volunteer roles, has it impacted other areas of your life? Or one of my guests said she's made most of her adult friends through her volunteer work. I thought that was interesting. Well, it has. Actually, about two or three weeks ago, I performed the wedding for the current band booster president <laughs> because we've become friends through our service and her son was a sophomore when my son was a senior so we became friends through our service together in that and when she was getting ready to get married she asked me if I'd do the ceremony so so yeah I made friends and I learned there, there are skills I can back a trailer up way better than I could before <laughs> let me tell you because the band's trailer goes behind my truck pretty much everywhere it goes. So there's definitely a skill that's worth having. And I've had that trailer in some difficult situations. Get into a 
somebody direct me into a parking lot with the trailer and then they go, no, you can't be here. And I've got to figure out how to turn it around and it ain't big enough. We always take for granted the band programs do so much work. I mean, all of our booster clubs do so much work, but when we get to the band programs, it's just multiplied times 10. Y'all are driving semis or trailers or racing the clock to get off the field before the football team comes on. (laughs) It's an amazing group of people. What's the biggest challenge? I know we talked a little bit, you're rebuilding the financial side of the club. You've got some volunteer issues. Are those your biggest challenges? Do you have any other issues that you're facing this year? Honestly, I think it all comes down to a lack of policy and procedure. I've done a lot of leadership, whether it was church world or business world, working in hospitals. And those policies and procedures, that's how you communicate. This is how we do things. So we bring new leaders in. And I think that's why there have been so many stumbling blocks as we transition from one leader to another. And our club is... We didn't have, there was nowhere where that new leader could go and say, this is how we do things. When my wife and I took over my son's sophomore year, the previous boosters just left. They all quit. And some of them, we counted friends as friends prior to that, but every one of them quit and not even a, hey, I can't do it anymore, but I'm going to be around if you need me. They just, no communication. They were just gone. But because we didn't have these things written down, this is how we handle reimbursement requests, or this is how we handle anything, then it was really difficult for us to take that over. And now that's the biggest challenge is we're working, my wife and I, I've read every book that I could find, (laughs) booster program, including one that I think you recommended on the first episode, More Than Cookie Dough, either you or your guest Uh recommended it. And I just finished it. It is a great book. In fact, I'm going to encourage anybody that comes into your club Moving forward, I'm just going to buy a couple of copies of it to leave in the band room. (laughs) It should be required reading for all booster clubs, I think. (laughs) Certainly, because we come in without that background knowledge, kind of fills those gaps. I think that any leader is going to feel so much more comfortable going in having read that book. Yeah. Even if they have some backup, somebody that's trained them. Ideally, you want to recruit a vice president that becomes your president after the president moves on. But even without, regardless of the circumstances, this is a good foundation. Anyway, all that to say, I think our biggest challenge right now is just this lack of policy and procedure. And you know, we need to write it down so we know how we do things. Just build some infrastructure. You know, I think so many booster clubs rely on that tribal knowledge. And then if the binder gets lost or the person moves away and doesn't call you anymore, you've lost years worth of data that is going to help people in the future, right? I always talk about the first time I planned a fundraiser for our program, I had no idea how many people attend. Was it a 50-person event or a 300-person event? And those are two very different events, right? (laughs) So what do you think has been your biggest success in the past or your biggest success right now in taking back over? I guess just rejoining the club is a success, right? (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I would say from the booster's perspective, the boosters are a big part of this, but I think I would credit most of this, the biggest success with our band director, because when she took over the program, there were about 50 students. Oh, wow. And now there's 120. And in the middle of that was COVID and all of these difficulties. And But from a booster perspective, we had to grow with that too, because mm-hmm. that means bigger budgets. That means more permission slips you have to have. And three buses instead of one and just all these things that have to be 
taken care of more fundraisers, bigger fundraisers. So the growth of the program from what it had become, very small to now what is uh, obviously a much bigger program and is one of the biggest programs in the county now. That's um, awesome. Is, uh, and that takes some lead time because you've got to start those kids in middle school, right? To get them up there and have right. them ready to play. That's awesome. Do you guys have a unique fundraiser or volunteering event that you do? Any type of special event that your program does? Not really. <laughs> I think we do the same sort of fundraisers that everybody does, selling stuff that you get a little bit of money for. We sold poinsettias a couple of, a few years ago and actually did pretty good, but the difficulty was getting them all delivered. Oh, right. It ended up being an awful lot of trouble. They sold really well, but you're trying to get them all yeah, I can only imagine they need to be fresh and not be alive when you get there. So you've got a time crunch and it's holidays, I'm sure. So, right. yeah. And I can't speak to the success of it because it's the time we've done it. But our Winter Guard just did dinner theater kind of thing where they performed and had food as a fundraiser just this week. So I haven't even seen the numbers on that yet because I was not able to participate. My daughter had an event. But... I think that was interesting. I think that's something that I could see us doing with the band or maybe even a whole multiple of our programs within the band department. I love that at dinner theater. So they're getting to perform some of their skill and raise money at the same time. And you get a little sneak peek performance. And that's a really great idea, especially for the bands and sure choirs and theaters could do something like that too. That's awesome. What's been your favorite moment in the role? You talked about uh, driving that trailer, getting it in there, and being on the field with the kids. What's the moment where you're like, this is awesome, I'm having a ball? For me, it's all about the time I get to spend with the kids. Because I pull the trailer, then I take responsibility for making sure it gets loaded correctly. So every year, I train a group of students how to load it, how to make sure everything is secured well and all that. And I love that the beginning of the year, they have no idea what they're doing, but I love to watch them grow. And then as that freshman or sophomore that's part of the team becomes the leader of that team a year or two later, then it's just cool to watch that personal growth and to watch them learn how to lead people and learn how to organize and grow as a person. Certainly there's all these other things they learn in school, but to see them learn leadership and how to talk to people, that's a skill, to how to talk to people you lead. So it's that, it's watching that, that growth in the students that I get to work with. So cool. We have kids that are so, we say overscheduled all the time, they're doing all these activities, but I find so much participating in all these activities, they learn almost more than they do in school, right? They have so many life skills by the the sports and the fine arts programs. One of the hardest things in a booster club, and you touched on this a little bit, is the relationship with your school contact. You're, in this case, the band director. And so you've transitioned to a new director. And how do you manage that relationship? It's such a key relationship with the booster club. Well, for my wife and I, because we're a little strange, when we knew there was a new director coming in, my wife found out her information before she even, she was moving in down from out of state. Oh, wow. Reached out to her and said, hey, we're your booster leaders. Because the year we took over after those others had abandoned us was her first year. Oh, wow. So the previous band director left and those other parents left with him. So she's coming down. We're, we're just moving in to that role. And we called her and said, hey, are you guys going to be in town sometime before school starts? And we bought him dinner. Yes. We met him at Chili's, bought dinner. 
and just sat and had a conversation to get to know them. And since then, the band director. So for us, it's viewing that school contact, whether it's a coach or a, a band director or whatever, and realizing that they have similar goals or the same goals as we do. We want what's best for those students, and so do they. So it's often, it's we're fortunate because we have such a close relationship with the band director. It allows us to have, to work, very much work together, very good collaboration. Remember that that's a person at first and think, how can I build a relationship with that? Even if you're not going to be longtime friends as it's worked out for us, but you are going to have to work very closely with this person for two, three years, four years, whatever it ends up being. So if you can build a good working relationship from the beginning, because here's the deal, that person is super busy in their program whether it's the head football coach or the band director, they've got a million things going on in that program and they're not going to think of everything that you're thinking of. Very slightly different objectives, but the same group of kids, right? Right, exactly, exactly. The end goal is the same, but the piece that they have to do and the piece that we have to do are different. So I always think, okay, how can I, as the booster, make their job easier? They get to spend more time with the kids doing the things that they're supposed to do and not have to worry about, is all the equipment going to get out? Is the trailer going to get loaded? Is these sort of things that, is the trailer going to get to the event once it is loaded? (laughs) Things like that. I don't want her to have to worry about that. Love it. Yeah. They're supportive roles and collaborative roles. And sometimes one kind of has to let the other know sort of role. One's got to be the leader in some cases. So it's a delicate balance. We see all different types of interactions in those two roles. So I always like to ask that question. What do you think's contributed to your success in the role? And, and coming back the second time around, it sounds like you and your wife have done great things for the program. What skills and experiences set you up to do that? I think the number one thing is that we care so much about the program, partly because our kids are in it and also because we came through the program. Being a booster is hard. It's a lot of work. <laughs> it's often pretty thankless. We're taken for granted sometimes, maybe not by our school contact person, but sometimes the kids have no concept of what it is that we're doing. So that we don't get a ton of thanks from them. So you got to come into it with a passion to do it. And for my wife and I, because of our history and all that, we just have such passion to do this and to see these kids grow through this program. So that's the one, the first thing for me also, because of my experience in ministry and nursing and leadership roles, I think those helped a lot for me personally. Yeah, I think sometimes when you're the leader of the booster club, you tend to be the guidance person for the whole program. I know our program went through some rough times and some trauma and and COVID. And I found sometimes, you know, here I was having to talk about things unrelated to our program to just encourage and kind of get the group through what we were going through at the time. So you're back in, you're in for a couple of years. What are your plans at the end when you got to free time? Are you still going to be there driving that trailer or how's that going to work? Son graduated in 2000 and uh, 2020 rather. And the trailer has pretty much been behind my truck ever since. (laughs) So at home games, I announce the guy in the press box and I pulled the band's trailer for the away games. I love high school football. So it gets me into all the games for free. I love it. So I imagine I'll still be pulling the trailer for at least for a little while longer after that. Now that announcing stuff, that's no joke. I got roped into doing it for one volleyball game and 
I had no idea how much energy it takes. I mean. <laughs> I'm pretty whooped by the end of it, trying to pay attention to everything. But I, it's so much fun. Though. Yeah. yeah. And you're so into it. You don't even really see the game because you're like, you know, this guy's doing this or this girl's done right. this. And then I'm like, wait, what's the score? Who's winning? <laughs> I love it. Well, you mentioned that you were a band kid in school, and it's awesome. It sounds like it served you well. Did you do any other activities, or were you just in the band? That was pretty much it. I was very active in the church and did a lot of stuff in church, but as far as school, I had my job from as soon as I could. But I was anything I could do in band, I did. I love so that. Jazz band, marching band, everything. Awesome. Well, there's so much opportunity in band and so many different ways to use that skill. It's great that you took advantage of it. And I think more kids should take advantage of the opportunities in the the bands in our schools. Well, Matt, thank you so much for joining us here at the Boosted Volunteer. We are looking forward to watching Haines City Band Boosters and seeing how you do over the next year or two following your program. And if we get down to Florida, we're going to find either you in the announcer booth or pull in the trailer. <laughs> right? right? I love it. I love it. Right. Friday night in the fall, I will be at a football field somewhere. I love it. We'll know where to find you. Well, thanks so much for taking time today. And thank you for all you do. And thank you so much for having me. All right. The Boosted Volunteer is brought to you by Booster Hub. To find out more about Booster Hub and how our app can help you improve communications, increase engagement, raise more money, and manage your Booster Club responsibly, visit www.boosterhub.com. And then make sure to search for Booster Club Podcast in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts, or anywhere else podcasts are found. Make sure to click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. On behalf of the team here at Booster Hub, thanks for listening.